Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people submit to us. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We usually get through between five and seven of them, and we just give our honest reactions uh, about what we hear. It's typically our first time hearing whatever the release in question may be. Um, the main goal is to just talk about punk and hardcore, hopefully get some new music in your ear, whether it's something that we love, hate, or or are ambivalent to um you know we encourage everybody to go out and support things that you like directly buy releases see bands when that becomes a feasible uh possibility again um and uh basically you know don't uh, don't submit to grasses greener syndrome don't look at past through rose-colored glasses be aware that there's cool shit happening in the here and now and uh if you're not a poser go out and engage with it the, the only reason that people look back to the past with rose-colored glasses is because they're old and fucking busted now, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. it's because you felt great back then, everything right. was fucking awesome, and now you're tired and you're old and you're fucking broke, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if not financially broke, physically and mentally broken. Sure. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? That's your fault, right? It, yeah, it is indeed. And it's, a, and it's a bad look, you know? It's a it, bad look. It's a super bad look. Um, it's, it's not like I was unaware of the fact that there was dope stuff going on before this podcast, but if anything, it just, uh, reinforced the notion that I already believed strongly in, which is that there's a lot of really, really good stuff happening at all times. In fact, so much good stuff that there's no way I could possibly keep up with all of it. Even doing a podcast in which people submit bands to us every week, still, Absolutely. still there's shit that I miss that, that flies under my radar. There's stuff from last year that I'm just now hearing that I'm like, holy shit, this is great. Um, and I'm yeah. sure that, and I'm sure there's stuff from the past. I'm sure there's literally dozens upon dozens of releases from the past five to 10 years that I haven't heard that I hopefully will hear in my lifetime that are just as good as anything else that's come out over the past 20 years. So I just discovered a couple YouTube channels that are playing really dope shit that none of the other fucking channels are playing. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you it's a secret. Well, maybe you could tell me, you yeah, know, <laughs> maybe I'll tell you, but I don't, I don't want everybody else to know where we get our tricks from. Right. Yeah. Okay, I, sure. I want these fucking YouTube channels that only have like a hundred subscribers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found a couple, I was like, Whoa, this is dope. This is dope. This is dope. And I haven't seen this on anybody else's fucking channel. Yeah. Right. I haven't caught wind of it. Um, so, you know, there's always somebody with their fucking ear on a different rail than you. Um, there's always, honestly, there's more dope show, dope shit going on now than there was 10 years ago, more than there was 20, certainly more than there was 30 years ago. It's kind of overwhelming, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, like I said, simple premise for the podcast. There's good shit going on. Don't ignore it. Um, don't, you know, don't stay stuck in the past. It's a bad look. Um, so in terms of things to address this week, I don't really have I don't really have anything. Um, what about yourself? Uh, let's see. I caught a crow earlier this week. How'd you do that? So I didn't catch COVID, but I did catch a Corvid. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was walking across the road, and I got out of my truck at work and walked over and picked it up. Okay. <laughs> what I mean, what what compelled you to do so? Well, I mean. You know, I thought it was weird that it wasn't trying to fly or anything. It was just kind of like walking. Yeah. I was like, I wonder what's up with this guy. So I, I pulled over. I just, you know, kind of like completed a task at work and was heading back to my office. And there I was walking across the road. So I pulled over and got out and it didn't really try to fly. I just kind of hopped off the side of the road and then just like went over to a ditch and like 
plunked down and I just walked over and picked it up. Okay. And it was biting me. Um, you know, I mean, they can't bite hard, but he, he really gave it a go. Yeah. And he bit me a lot and he caught at me and clawed at me and I put it back down and it just kind of like hopped away and like, it looked like maybe one of its legs was injured. So I put it in the box and uh, threw it in the trash. <laughs> you threw it in the trash? No, I didn't throw it in the trash. I, I called a, I called a bird rehab person and, uh, like a rehab specialist and, uh, they, they came and got it. Okay. All right. That sounds, that sounds much better for sure. Yeah. But I had it in the box overnight and, uh, boy, it was, I, I thought, well, I wonder if it'll be dead in the morning. Cause I mean, you figure crows are tough cause they live outside. Right. I mean, yeah. things are harder to kill than you think, as long as you're not punching a hole in something, right. As long as you don't like breach the external barrier of something with a knife or a bullet or your hands, things are pretty tough. Yeah. But, um, he did just fine in that box. He shit all over the place. Um, and then uh, when the people came and got him, uh, that was that. So long, Crow. Right on. Crow, Crow's very, very smart bird, too. Yeah, that's why That's why I was curious why I wasn't flying away. Like, if it was a pigeon, I wouldn't have given it. I probably would have run it over. Um, <laughs> okay. No, you know what? We made a lot of jokes about animal abuse yeah. last week. Well, me specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so... Oh, maybe it's time to turn over a new leaf, be a little more positive about things, <laughs> save animals instead of joking about killing them, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I mean, I, 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 I endeavor to do that in my lifestyle choices. Yeah, I mean, last week we, 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 we repped up for um, the art of Nazis and animal yeah. abusers and murderous <laughs> homophobes. Yeah, that's correct. Right, we stepped up to defend them and, and, and at the same time to naysay and denounce um progressivists that just happen to be into the same music that we are and think that, you know, we can, they can use that as an effective means to get their message out when really, I mean, nothing could be less effective for advancing the progressive agenda agenda than putting that behind a wall of noise and blast beats and bullshit. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you want to really talk about, um, if anything, working counter to the cause, um, but you know, have fun, I guess. And, uh, we said, you know what, fuck you guys. Nazis and animal abusers are where it's at. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily a good thing. That's kind of put me in a negative headspace. So I think maybe, uh, try and try a new track, you know? <laughs> okay, cool. I'm down. I'm down for that for sure. Um, so this week we're, we're saving crows. That's right. Last week we were, we were skinning rescued pet pit bulls and wearing their faces around like Halloween masks, but not this week. And that reminds me. So, I, I, of course, clown core is popping up in my, my, my YouTube like crazy. Right. Um, you know, even though I've never watched a video, we listened to one of the songs here, but apparently there's some invisible hand, some force that really wants me to fucking watch these videos. Right. Yeah. Hasn't won yet, but I did click on their channel. Mm -hmm. They've been doing this for 10 plus years. Wow. That's so wild. I'm going to, I'm going to give them a little slack on the clown thing because 10 years is only halfway through the played out cycle of clowns. Um, now that we're 20 years through, you you have no excuse for jumping on the clown wagon right now. Right. But if you got on board 10 years ago, you're at least... 10 years ago was your first YouTube video or so. means you're probably doing it for, we'll say 10 years and six months at least. Sure. Right? Yeah. So you get a little more slack. Yeah, okay. I'm, that I'm doesn't fine. mean it's good. 
No, no, it sure doesn't. Right. But it I'm, doesn't I'm mean it's it. good. It's the same way that you you kind of like roll your eyes and kind of look the other way when an elderly relative mentions something heinous, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> About just... like certain ethnicities or gender identities or sexual preferences, right? Right. Uh, that's my granddad. Uh, right. A different era back then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, engaging with this would be futile, and he's only got about 10 years left, so right. we're just going to not upset the balance of things in my family. Exactly, and these guys have been doing the clown thing for 10 years, and, and trying to convince them not to is not going to work. Right? <laughs> right, yeah, they're they're entrenched. Right. Yeah. And sure. not only that, but like they're this fucking close to getting a Tiny Desk concert, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. They're right on the cusp of breaking through to that NPR audience. Yeah, yeah. Once you've broken through into the Adult Swim demo, it's uh, it's only a matter of time before NPR is ringing you up. Right, right. Okay, right on. Well, you were uh, a noble animal rescuer this week. That's good to hear. Um, any Anything else? No, I just want to uh, thank, thank the, the sweet Lord Jesus Christ for uh, coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, because without it, I would not have discovered how much I enjoy fishing okay. um, because I would have been wasting my time with my friends uh-huh. instead of sitting on a muddy riverbank by myself until three in the morning. Well, you, you already know how much you enjoy fishing. It's yeah, but I had gotten away from it. Life. I had gotten away from it. I hadn't done it in a while. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you what, I am all in. <laughs> I think it's a good path forward for you. I just I, I got some I got some uh, early holiday and birthday money, mm-hmm. and I just bought myself a nice brand new bait casting reel. Okay. Um, and uh, I got a nice new rod on the way, and um, I I have spent what some might consider a lamentable amount of money in the past six months on fishing gear. Okay. But uh, I'm just getting caught up because uh, I hadn't done it in like 10, 10 or more years. And uh, you know what? I, I think I'm – fuck this punk rock game, dude. I'm fishing. <laughs> You're going the Chuck Reagan route. I, I'm, going, a- I'm going the fucking – no, not Chuck Reagan because he's – fuck that dude, right? <laughs> he, he loves fishing, dude. He's yeah, mis- but he's he Mr. Made- fly fishing. Yeah, but he made some shitty music, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's undeniable. I don't make any music, so fuck that guy. Well, you make some. I make some, but um, I'm I'm going the uh, I'm going the uh, Mick Harris direction. Okay. Mick Harris is a fishing madman. Loves it. If he's still alive, who knows? But I know at least uh, after he was done with napalm death and defecation and other things, um, he went carp fishing and uh, loved it. So. All right. Cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that you've rediscovered your passion for fishing. Yeah. I think I think it'll do well to balance you, make you feel like you maybe feel like uh, you can engage with the world with a, a little less ferocity and, and and come at it with a more tempered approach. Uh, uh, that's not what the fishers are going to say. Um, <laughs> my hatchet is gleaming sharp and ready to go. <laughs> well, better better the better the fish than the populace. <laughs> So uh, I like the idea, (laughs) the mythos of a fish hatchet. Is it real? Is it not? You don't know. (laughs) You you, you don't know. (laughs) So you want to jump into some music then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the first one in the queue this week, we had submitted by three different people that, as far as I know, are all unrelated to one another. So it must be really fucking good. Um, so it was submitted by the band is primal brain. It was submitted by Garrett Fizz, Garrett Fisbeck, who I believe is in the band. Uh, I listened to this last night. It is very good. 
Oh, okay. Well, I've not listened to it yet. Um, and then Alexander Schaefer and Zach Jones both submitted this as well. So shout out to the the holy trinity of people who submitted this. Like I said, mm-hmm. it, it, it must be excellent. Um, then we have a submission from John Fett. Uh, the band is Die, D-I-E, period. They are a band from I don't know where. I think maybe the Chicago area. They're on No Time Records, so that would uh, that would track. Um, don't know anything about him. He just said it's snotty, punky, hardcore that he thinks that we would enjoy. This is their demo, and it just came out. Uh, well, let's see. It just came out today, actually. So mm-hmm. there you go. Then we have got Madhouse with their demo. This is a California band that I know nothing about. It was submitted by Alex Osorio. He submitted two bands named Madhouse, one from Texas, one from California. So I just picked the one whose art looks cooler. Then we have Neck Deep in Filth with Paranoid Sovereignty. This was submitted by John from The Path, I think, Um, or maybe somebody else. I don't actually know. Um, Then, uh, yeah, this band is from, yeah, no, this is from John, uh, by John from The Path because he is submitting a bunch of uh, international bands. This is a band from Nepal, Kathmandu. Man, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that we land on this because I didn't even know anybody was playing punk or hardcore. Yo, in, in Nepal. I'm telling you, man, Central Asia's popping off right now, right? It, it must we got be. Virus from Mongolia, right? Neck deep in filth from Nepal, bringing up the fucking rear, and yeah. uh, those two are going to be carving a swath through the Himalayas and sort of the uh, the the center of the continent. Okay. Um, so uh, fittingly, next up in the queue, we have The Return of Beerus, also submitted by John from The Path. The release is EPEA. As you mentioned, this is a band from Mongolia that was in the queue, I think, last week and we didn't land on. Then next up, we have the band Shadow Man with Solidarity and Solitude. They are a band from Santa Cruz that was submitted by AJ, who submits quite a lot of stuff to the show and also occasionally leaves really bad messages. Um, he said it is Gulch, Gulch core, uh, and from oh, the same, from oh the same area. So I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I guess just playing a similar frenetic style of metallic hardcore is Gulch maybe. Yeah. Um, then we have a resubmission by the ever reliable Ryan Donahoe, Ozhog with their demo three. This is another band, uh, international band from Belarus. They were in the queue last week or the week before, and we didn't get around to them. Then we have got Unreal City with their release Cruelty of Heaven. This was also sent in by AJ. They're a band from Pittsburgh who has uh, been on my radar, and I think I've heard in passing. Um, I know they're, they've been described by AJ and other people as um, kind of mid-era integrity worship stuff, um, but uh, I don't think I've ever actually actively listened to them, but they've been around for a grip. And then last up, we have a resubmission from TJ with uh, Permission, Organized People Suffer. This is a uh, London-based hardcore band whose release just came out recently on La Vida S and Muse, um, so it's probably very good. And uh, then, I guess, last up, um, that's everything for the queue this week. You may have noticed, the the uh, attentive listener will have noticed, that's only nine bands. That's because the 10th one is... Uh, is a premiere that we're going to do this week. So uh, I've mentioned many times before our Australian or our OG Australian correspondent, Tully. Tully plays in a very dope band from down under called Histamine. They have a new seven inch coming out uh, this coming weekend. Uh, so like a, a week after this episode premiere, uh, uh, debuts, um, it is coming out on, let me see. I think I have all of the, uh, I think I got all the information here. 
in the uh, in the email. So it's coming out on Last Ride, Ride Records. It drops on October 9th. Um, we are going to be debuting the track Infection. It is a four song, seven inch. Um, the art was done by Riley Kerr, who is at uh, the Nosebleed section 0001 on Instagram if you want to check out their work. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by our boy Elliot Galler at Chameleon Studios in Sydney. Willie Killy can't get all the work in hardcore. Well said, Tully. Um, so, uh, so yeah. We're gonna listen to uh, we're gonna listen to a track off of this. He suggested that uh, that we check out the track "Infection," so uh, so I'm gonna trust his judgment on that, and uh, and and we'll we'll listen to that one. So we're gonna listen to "Infection" off of the upcoming Histamine Seven Inch. just heard the song infection off of the upcoming histamine seven inch out on last ride records on october 9th nate what'd you think of it that was really good it was really catchy mm-hmm. I, I i like the fact that it's noisy and ugly and aggressive but it's also pretty catchy yeah you know yeah. it's got it's got uh, uh it's got good pop sensibilities yeah, for sure. I mean, that makes sense. Tully's a good songwriter. We listened to some of the po- post-punkier stuff that he was doing, and uh, that certainly shone through in that. So it makes sense that it would carry over to the the histamine stuff that he's writing to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was almost like, sort of in that main riff. I mean, I don't know, a little bit of a a little bit of maybe '90s indie rock in there. Really interesting. Okay. Not not like not in its not in its execution. Mm-hmm. But just sort of in, 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 in I guess, maybe the, the, the structure, you know? Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I could see it. Um, I know talking to Tully about this, uh, having not listened to it yet, but just hearing what he had said about it, um, he said he was pretty sure that uh, maybe some of his marathoning of uh, the rival mob recently kind of leaked into some of the songwriting oh. for this stuff, which definitely makes sense. Yeah, I could see that in there too, because those are super catchy songs as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think this was uh, this was like less the 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 last histamine stuff that we heard was maybe a little bit more overtly crusty and darker. Yeah. Um, still, just like I mean, there's this is still just kind of like burly, thick, hardcore stuff. 
but uh, overall this felt a little bit more rooted in a uh, simpler traditional hardcore approach than the other shit that we heard but uh, as you noted it was uh, incredibly catchy and very good i mean i expected it to be good it, it, it would be unlikely that you could release something as good as the last histamine material that we heard and have that be a complete fluke it was obvious that there was some uh, songwriting some intentional songwriting that went into that right um so yeah i was i was expecting this not to suck and indeed it did not suck that was uh it was really good shit yeah um so uh so yeah if you uh if you liked what you heard that comes out on october 9th definitely go grab it i uh i've got the rest of the release sitting in my uh in my email right now in my downloads folder so uh i'm probably just gonna go ahead and listen to the rest now that i went ahead and popped my cherry with that one and let's boot it well yeah yes that's this is a great idea we'll be like the new rick to life um we got we got the we got the advanced release on this, so we'll just make bootleg copies of it for the states and distribute it here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, put that on the to do list. Thank you, Tully, for trusting us with your music. It was the it was uh, the last time you'll make that mistake. And for all you uh, five dollar and up Patreon subscribers, uh, expect a a, ta- a copy of the new histamine uh, <laughs> tape in your uh, delivery. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's roll the dice then and get uh, get on to our first uh, our first random selection of the evening. All righty, that's a five. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Five is uh, all right. Cool. Five is Beerus. So I was I was kind of hoping that this would come up tonight since we didn't get to it last week. The Bandcamp is Beerus B I R U S S dot Bandcamp dot com. The release is E P E A, which stands for uh, Ez Penzatsu Egan Ascar. This is I, a band. I, yes. Looking at that, right? Looking mm-hmm. at the so, and there's a few other things on here too that look like they're in Mongolian. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I, is that the name of the language spoken in Mongolia? <laughs> I do not know. I do right. not fucking know. I, I, we could easily find out, but I, it looks to be about as far away from any like language that Western nations sort of like are founded upon, right? Like English or Germanic or like, you know, romance languages as you could possibly get. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. So, yeah. I guess that uh, pronunciation is fine. Yeah, that's as cl- that's as close as you're gonna get from me. Um, I've I don't think I you know I could probably count the times I've heard Mongolian spoken aloud on one hand. So um, and none of them have ever been in person to my knowledge. So um, yeah, that's as that's as good as you're getting from me. Um, so this is a four song release. I'm not sure if it's out on a physical format of any type. Uh, it dropped on March 27th, and it appears to be their only only release. So I'll assume it's their first effort as well. Um, I guess let's just, uh, let's just start with the first verse, first song. Um, so we're going to listen to 40 Aldi blues by Beerus off of their release EPEA.
All right, we just listened to the song 40 Aldi Blues by Buris off of their release EPEA. Um, I did a little translation, and I believe that the title of this record translates to Don't Think, Do It Quickly, um, which I guess makes sense considering that there is a, you know, a, um, a syringe on the front and a gun mm-hmm. on the front. Yeah. Um, also, if you just heard my phone ring through the, uh, the speaker, that was, uh, just because my Luke, my friend Luke was trying to, uh, FaceTime me and he never texts me to see what the fuck I'm doing before he does that. Um, anyway, uh, so musically, um, I think that that was definitely on the right track. It just suffered from a lack of, uh, a lack of like proper production. You know what I mean? It was a really, really thin production. Um, yeah some of the techniques employed were like were were grasping at the at the sort of correct i i don't want to say correct but they were aiming towards um an end goal that i think is uh admirable uh like there is reverb and a little bit of delay on the vocals and shit um but uh i don't think it arrived there in terms of production technique everything was kind of thin very separated not very noisy um drums were super sterile etc cetera, etc cetera. um musically though i thought it was uh, pretty enjoyable you know it was uh, it was fun it was bouncy um it was pretty basic you know it was it was a fairly basic rendition of this particular form of hardcore punk for sure um but i think with the proper production it would have been uh it would have been a lot more endearing and uh, as far as the first release goes um not bad at all definitely a little bit in the my first punk band category but for all i know this could be their first punk band um and i have no idea what the punk or hardcore scene is like in mongolia so um i'm, I'm certainly not going to uh to uh deign to speak on it i have no idea maybe maybe there is a um an absolutely uh, a fervent uh, supporters of hardcore and punk there in the thousands, and there is an incredibly vibrant scene going on there. But if that's the case, I've certainly never heard anything about it. My uh, my inclination would be to believe that probably punk and hardcore bands are a bit few and far between in Mongolia. Um, so you know, if these are uh, if these are like a rare breed of folk doing a thing that not a lot of people are doing around them with not a whole lot of support in terms of like an infrastructure or whatever, um, I think it makes this uh all the more admirable and it's uh definitely on the right path but i don't think it arrived at anything that i would like throw in my regular rotation as of yet you know yeah um i like this just fine um this same i i agree that 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 main riff that uh for that song yeah i think that that is that's the riff that everybody hears when you say punk rock yeah 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 exactly Right. I mean, yep. that's that, 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 that progression right there. It's, it's almost, it, it, it's, it's as cliche to punk rock as, you know, that like, like blues riffs are, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, definitely a very cliche punk rock sort of, sort of riff, but that's okay. This, this was fine. It was what made it good was that despite the, like you said, sort of the, my first punk band sort of thing or whatever, it was really stripped down and basic. Yeah. And so I wasn't trying to do a whole bunch, um, just play some fast rock and roll basically. Right. Right. Um, which unless you're really bad, um, or you think it's more than you're trying to do more than you can, uh, it's hard to fuck up for sure. Um, so, you know, it's a formula that works. Um, so yeah, I liked it just fine. Um, and I agree. The production was pretty bad. 
the drums, the drums were, um, I don't know, almost in, in, indistinguishable from it. Like, like everything was sort of indistinguishable from everything else. The guitar just sort of sat over top of everything Yeah, for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I liked it just fine. It's, uh, it's nice to, this, this is the sort of thing that basically could only exist because of the internet, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know much about Mongolia. I've wanted to go to Mongolia for more than 20 years now because mm-hmm. um, everything I've seen about the country, it looks amazing. Um, for sure. And, you know, if you look at pictures of it, it looks, in, it just looks incredible. It's got to be a relatively inexpe- inexpensive place to travel. Yeah. And uh, I have wanted to go there for a long time. Um, but uh, like <laughs> the early on, I thought about like, you know, trying to get a job there. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to see something coming out of unexpected places like this. And especially when, especially when it doesn't suck to the point that like you feel bad, you know what I mean? Like, obviously these, these, these are, these are fully functional people with agency in their own lives who gives a shit with what people that are on almost the exact opposite side of the Northern hemisphere give it say about them. Right. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, 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 condescending to even say that you would feel bad if you had to say something about them. But at the same time, when's the, when's the last time you heard a punk band out of Mongolia? Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to say is just like, I think it, stuff like this for me, um, I, I, I tend to uh, approach it with a l- little bit more leniency just because like I said, this is an assumption on my part that may be incorrect, but I don't imagine there's like a burgeoning punk and hardcore scene in Mongolia. Like you would think if that were the case, I would have heard some rumblings of this before now, you know what I'm saying? So I imagine that these dudes are probably in the minority in terms of people playing this type of music, wherever they're located. Uh, um, they're almost as they're, I, I, I would have to imagine, is it say where, they are uh no it doesn't say where in mongolia like they are. i think the capital is ulaanbaatar mm-hmm. um i mean where else are you gonna be that's the only city i know of in uh in mongolia so uh i imagine that uh you know they're from one of the larger cities right yes yeah ulaanbaatar is the is the capital okay and there's only 3.17 million people in the entire country yeah and it's huge for sure so, uh, you know, as far as I'm aware, it's most of the country is steps. Most of the country is step. And so I have wanted to go to Mongolia since Conan the Barbarian. So, so most of my life, actually. Right. That's right? a sick, that's a sick impetus to want to travel somewhere. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the open step, right. Falcon at my wrist in the wind <laughs> in my hair. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's I'm looking, at a, I'm looking at a picture right now. Now, granted, I mean, you know, it's definitely like, hey, take a shot here because this is like a dope picture. But like it's of a yurt in like a grassy valley. And, uh, you know, there's trees ascending into the low hills and foothills of these mountains. And I can see a river in the distance. And I just want to live in that yurt and fish for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because um, it looks incredible. Yeah, that does sound pretty fucking sick. So... You know, good for you, Mongolia. You have a punk band. (laughs) See, that's what I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't want to condescend to them because I don't actually know what the scene is like there. But like I said, my my assumption is that it's not fucking popping. So I'm down to uh, I'm down to give these uh, these fools a little leniency in terms of the of the actual sonic quality of the music. Just because I'm like, dude, hey, you're trying to do uh, you're trying to play hardcore in Mongolia. Fucking good on you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. 
I'm not even going to try to like, I'm, I'm just going to, just going to say, yo, I'd stick around and watch that at any show I saw for sure. Yeah, sh- sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, you know, that kept my attention for a minute 48 and I imagine they could keep my attention for another 12 or 13 minutes in a set. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, uh, yo, big ups to, uh, Beerus from Mongolia. Um, hopefully you do more stuff. I hope this was not a one-off. This came out in March. So, you know, I'm not expecting anything from you yet, but uh, you know, around the same time next year, I want to see some more output. Well, don't, yeah, don't, real. don't be a one-off. Um, I want, I want to, I want to hear some more fucking Mongolian hardcore. Uh, um, also, the, also their crust is in the like descriptors at the bottom. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. Sonically, definitely not. I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, sonically, that was just a step over the line into hardcore as well. Right. At least that yeah. song. So yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's roll the dice. Uh, four. Okay. One, two, three, four. Four is neck deep in filth. We got another, we got another international submission here. Um, also from John from the path. So the band camp is neck deep in filth.bandcamp.com. This band is from fucking Kathmandu, Nepal. Um, the description, hardcore punk from the Valley of Dust, Kathmandu, Nepal. Um, if you're into cassettes, Vim Records is taking pre-orders for tapes of this. Uh, well, I guess the pre-order is probably done because this came out in February 14th, so I have no idea what the availability of physical releases is like for this, but it's cool that a label put it out. I mean, I'm looking at the Vim Records site now. Um, it, there's only 20 copies, but they still are for sale. Okay, all right, there you oh, go. You and I were talking about shipping, though. Boy, I bet you shipping from Nepal is spicy. It's probably quite spicy, yes. Because <laughs> the tape um, is the tape. The tape. So vehement, we should note, is from Kathmandu, Nepal. Oh, dope. Um, and uh, they have a few things on here. It looks like they have a grinder, a death metal band. Maybe they have uh, sort of a, I don't know, sort of a, a sick and twisted hardcore band. <laughs> Um, you know, with like the splattery, the splattery logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who knows what they're doing? But I'm just going to say they're from Kathmandu, Nepal. Almost assuredly, somebody from Neck Deep, neck, neck deep in Filth is in. <laughs> yeah. Or, or is part of Vehement Records, right? <laughs> you would think so, right? Almost assuredly. Yeah. Um, and the tape itself is seven euros. It is Bandcamp Day. So if you're going to make a purchase, right? Let's continue mm-hmm. the commercial. Bandcamp Friday ends in eight hours, 45 minutes, and nine seconds, eight seconds, seven seconds. But I bet you shipping from Kathmandu, Nepal is sick. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably quite fucking steep. Um, so. All right. So uh, I guess let's just start with the opening track on this. Um, uh, so they the one that they want you to hear is they come with laws. Oh, That's okay. the one loaded. So. Okay, word. I didn't see that one loaded up. Okay, cool. We'll do that then. So we'll we will listen to "They Come with Laws" by Neck Deep and Filth off of their release "Paranoid Sovereignty." <laughs> Let's go, let's go. 
We just heard the song They Come With Laws by Neck Deep and Filth off of their release Paranoid Sovereignty. Nate, what'd you think of it? Oh, that was okay. It had just enough like heavy 90s metallic hardcore in it to keep my attention, mm-hmm. but there was a little too much modernity in it um, for me to like really sign on musically sure. for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it had just enough like that breakdown at the end was pretty good. Um, there was some, there was some pretty, pretty sweet parts. Um, but, um, on the whole, sonically, it just felt like it was pulling more from something that was maybe from like, you know, 15 years after I gave a shit about hardcore that sounds like that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I get it. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. I get that for sure. Um, apparently, so, so while that was playing, I was reading the lyrics, um, cause I, I, you know, he, <laughs> Think I know nothing about Mongolia. I sure as shit know nothing about Nepal, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, Nepal the the politics in Nepal are fucked. Yes, they um, are. I, I know that much for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kudos. You know, so this is example where, you know, we talk about like you know the fucking pigs and shit like that. But uh, I get the impression that uh, you fucking you open your mouth too much with shit like this, and you might get your fucking head cracked through official channels, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can I can say, you know, fuck the pigs and fuck this and fuck that and, you know, uh, all that over here. And by and large, I'm not going to catch any fucking guff unless it's from, uh, you know, my fellow civilian turning on me. Right. Um, but uh, it seems like over there you might get your fucking dome smacked. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, at least they're coming coming hard and coming true with it, right? Nah, for sure. I mean, we talk about people uh, people speaking about what they know and speaking about real shit. This is probably the most. Uh, this is this is the best example of that that we have probably had on the podcast. Um, yeah. Because this this is a this is a Nepal is a place that like uh, we will say definitely has a fraught political and uh, social climate and history. Um, I know a little bit about the political unrest in Nepal. 
Um, this is definitely a place where uh, you talk too loud about the wrong thing and you might just get disappeared by the fucking secret police for sure. Um, that is that is a thing that has occurred in the past in Nepal uh, many times. Uh, there has been various different uh, grassroots activist organizations that have existed in Nepal throughout the years. So when they're talking about this shit, they are speaking from a position of experience that uh, most of us, 99% of us, are way too privileged to ever be able to actually relate to in, in, in a real way. Um, so simply for the fact that they're broaching these topics and speaking very frankly about them, uh, you know, shout out, uh, shout out to them for that alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And again, this is one of those, like artifacts thank you to thanks to the internet right right um yeah. you know I, maybe this could have existed in the 90s but there would have been it would have been so much more difficult right yeah definitely man definitely um but yeah i, I mean also god if you want to talk about I, I feel like most of the time in the west when we talk about this sort of uh transformative uh, potential of punk and hardcore. It's usually lip service. I mean, it has had massively transformative effects on culture at mm-hmm. large, but in terms of like it being, it really propelling a whole lot of change in the sense that it's like affecting um, fucking legislation that's passed or like motivating a, a, a massive swaths of people to go out on the streets and, and to participate in direct action or whatever. More often than not, it's lip service. But if you uh, if you want an example of the potential for punk and hardcore to actually like affect real world change, uh, I, I would say a place like Nepal is certainly a uh, a fertile breeding ground for such a thing to actually um, to actually mean something and like really do that and really act in the way that people um, like to give flowery speeches about. Um, you know, before their sets in uh, in American hardcore bands, I think that this is an example of a of an opportunity for punk and hardcore to actually, um, you know, inspire and organize people in a way that is, is rarely seen in, uh, Western cultures for sure. Yeah. I, I think the most you could say for Western culture is it, 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 it is definitely more, um, it, it's, it's just based on what you take from it, right? Your, your own political, your, your own personal motivation that you take from it. Sure. Um, and I don't, I, I, I think that, um, I think it's kind of an overstatement to uh, say that really it, it would be any different for any country, any other, any other situation as well. Um, really. I mean, you know, it's cool, but uh, you know, no, for it, sure. It, it ain't going to change the world. No, it, it certainly <laughs> is not going to change the world, but like, I guess like it's an example of many of the ideas purported by punk and hardcore bands, like actually serving a chance of like reaching ears that like may need to hear this way more than we do in the West where these ideas with many of the ideas that are like touted within punk and hardcore as being revolutionary are, are actually sort of part and parcel to, um, the culture that we live in, like various subcultures within it, not just exclusive to punk and hardcore. Whereas like, maybe an anti-statist message, uh, an anti-police message and like feeling empowered to speak out about it, you know, maybe hearing that via punk and hardcore channels in Nepal serves an opportunity um, or serves a higher probability of actually inspiring people to like get involved in a way that like Westerners probably can't really comprehend. You know what I'm saying? Sure. 
Um, but again, that's wild. Uh, that's just wild speculation on my, my part. Who fucking knows? Um, that said, musically, I felt kind of the same way that you did about this. Um, it it de- definitely had a little bit too much of a modern um, undertone, too, too, too much of like a modern bass for me to like really, really engage with it, like a modern metallic hardcore bass for me to su- really engage with it. But there were a couple parts that got my head nodding. Um, in the middle of the song, they had that like, clear integrity homage break mm-hmm. yeah. that was good and then the end felt like a fucking breakdown from a chokehold track yep um, exactly so- yeah and and those that's what caught my 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 attention as well and then the rest of it was kind of eh, whatever yeah, it was uh, it was really well performed though. You know what I mean? It is just like by and large not the style that I gravitate towards. Um, but uh, but yeah, the moments that they harken back to uh, to the '90s, I, uh, I I definitely felt myself like perking up my ears and, and nodding along to the track more. And like I didn't hate or dislike this by any means. It's just not the thing that I would necessarily seek out. But like right. they play they play a good high energy fifteen to eighteen minute long set, and I'm definitely watching it. You know, I mean this sure. was uh, this was good, no no doubt about it. Just not necessarily necessarily my uh my my lane entirely um so uh on that note if we got nothing else to say about it you know shout out to neck deep and filth playing fucking hardcore and Katmandu. like i said uh, about the mongolian band about beerus probably uh probably not a super common thing there so shout out for uh, even making the attempt um but if we got uh if we got nothing else to say about it we can go ahead and roll the dice yeah well we just rolled another four Okay, one, two, three, four. Four is Shadow Man. The band camp is Shadow Man 831. The release is Solidarity, Solidarity and Solitude. Um, the artwork is very spooky indeed. It looks like it looks like the um, artwork for, you know, I don't know, a fucking 90s comic book villain movie with, uh, um, you know, like... Uh, John Lithgow as the main villain. <laughs> yeah, I could see that for sure. It looks like something that I would have seen the cover of um, in my local video store in the 90s and convinced my grandpa to let me rent because my mom wouldn't let me see it. Well, look at the one, like the Shadow Man himself. There he yeah, is, Shadow right. Man himself. That's John Lithgow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> He's yeah. coming back to to take his vengeance out in the city that let his family die in a car crash. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. They have they have 831, the opening queued up to play, but it's it's only a minute long. It's an intro. They're they're using their area code, so I imagine that's just uh, that's the intro track where they shout out their homies and their fucking crew and their peeps. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess this, as as one of one of our in house rules, you know, if a band has a song named after themselves, we typically listen to that one. Yeah, that's the one we go for. Yeah. So let's listen to Shadow Man by this band of the same name off of their EP Solidarity and Solitude. Thank you. 
We just heard a spooky dispatch from Shadow Man. The song was Shadow Man about the Shadow Man stalking yeah. the streets and taking the life of his victims. Yeah, the, I, I really wish this was a joke band. Well, so so I, I hope it is. I, yeah, I want to speak on that for a minute. So so you know, musically, I, anybody who listens no. to the show is gonna you know. gonna yeah, is, you're, you're gonna know where Nate and I stand on this for the most part. I'm I'm more amenable to stuff like this than Nate is, but even at that, it's very rare. And that's it's, that's it's, because you're 13 years younger than me, right? right? Exactly. Sure. You're sure, still sure. you're still you're still close to that end of the spectrum. Where, you know, your idiot brain thinks that this is cool and (laughs) you think that you're a fucking badass deep down, right? Like there's still somewhere inside of you, you're you're clinging to these threads. I am kind of a fucking badass, right? I fucking came up from nothing. Look at me now. Look at me now. Right? Yeah, right. I see the shadow man in myself. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think the age difference does have something to do with it for sure. And and just in, in the the sense that like I grew up uh, at a time when like you know this this stuff was like stuff that was influencing this was still relevant and being played actively in the scene when I was coming up um but but apart from that so a lot of what we dog on when we hear shit like this uh, a lot of the time is like the lyrical content and the self-seriousness of it and shit but from what i can tell i mean the band is called shadow man that track is called shadow man there's like you know their their profile picture is like a spooky figure um the lyrics are like clearly over the top i don't think that this is supposed to be I don't think this is these lyrics are from a first person perspective. Actually, I think clearly this is like embodying a character. Um, so, so for what it's worth, um, 
I didn't feel, uh, you know, offended by the stupidity of the lyrics in the way that I normally am with this kind of shit. Because these dudes aren't talking about like, I'm out on the fucking streets with my crew. Watch out, or we'll make you black and blue. It's like okay, yeah. they're, they're just thirty-one. Hold true, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like they're they're clearly on like some comic book shit. You know what right, I mean? And right. and I have, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm I'm here for that. That's chill. Um, but yeah, I mean, musically, if if this is your bag, you know what I'm saying? Like if you love like beat down mosh metal hardcore and shit, this was super super well played. Sure. But as and and there were a couple parts on here that I was nodding my head along to. I mean, I play in a band that is I would could be considered beat down adjacent. There are a few bands, like I said, in this lane that I like. This didn't do anything for me musically, um, but I, I have way less. Uh, I have way less like just ire for this type of shit because it's clearly not. It's clearly not made in like utter seriousness. Like they're just playing yeah. some ignorant heavy music about like some comic book character that they've made up, and that's sure. It, it's it's no different than you know, uh, you know. It's not like uh, it's not like the dudes in Iron Maiden thought that they really were the Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> right? Yes, for sure. Right, right, yeah. Or or they 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 you know they 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 really were uh, you know gonna make you scream or anything like that you know sure yeah it's it's in that same spirit they've got kind of i mean if you ask me i think it's the whole like evil soup the evil like creepy man vibe Uh have we um, that's not a common thing this is almost just looking at the lyrics this seems to be like a concept record yeah and the only thing i can think of that's maybe parallel to that which musically i really like would be city hunter right yeah yeah for sure yep right um, like City Hunters, dope. Also, concept record, concept band, right? Mm-hmm. Around like the idea of like some fucking psycho killing people, right? So, props for not being complete fucking meatheads about it. But yeah, the music is for the music is for fucking babies in their little poopy diapers. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. no thanks. You, you'll see. Trust me, guys. Someday, you'll see. <laughs> the you, the one thing i can say in defense of music like this is that it is really fun to play like just because you just get to tune down and like turn your brain off and like yeah yeah it, i'm, it's, yeah, it, I'm it's sure fun to play you know what i mean sure yeah i mean it's fun to play but you know it's also fun to like fart real loud in the toilet too <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not, I guess we're not defending the artistic merit of that act. No, we're not. <laughs> right, but it's undeniably fun. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, you know, akin to farts in a toilet, <laughs> this serves its purpose. Right, um, right. Uh, and I, honestly, now that I think about it, like, I do kind of like the hokey Shadow Man concept theme for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because um, it is reminiscent of like, you know, yeah, it's comic book, it's fantasy sort of thing. And it, I don't know, in some ways, I'm not going to say it's artistic, but it shows a level of maybe creativity that you don't normally see in music that sounds like this. Totally. Most of the time, this shit is just about fronting about how hard you and your your friends are, you know, while you make fucking mud pies and, uh, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh right. You know, yeah, props. The art, the art is well done. It's funny, yeah. Um, but you know, the art's not bad. All in all, it's not a bad concept. Musically, it sucks, but uh, you know, that's cool. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's this is way more nice shit than we normally say about music that falls in this in this category for sure. Yeah, if this were definitely bloated, fronting on what a fucking ball breaker you are. Yeah, um, I'm fucking done. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, no way. Sure. Yep, for sure. Um, I will. Yeah, I will definitely check out some more of uh, Jonah Thornton's artwork because uh, the art is is really well done. It's very cool. Um, it's goofy, but it's it's dope for sure. Um, but uh, yo, I hopefully hopefully the people in this band will uh, you know take. Uh, take take our commentary about this in stride and and laugh about it and have a good time with us because i gotta say dude i think we've had the most the the highest proportion of bands that like whose members want to fight us because of like shit that we've said is been from the bay area i gotta say i don't i don't know what it is about that fucking part of the country but that's fine they they could be right next door for all i give a shit you know what i mean yeah no for sure honestly honestly i kind of wish that the highest proportion of bands with members that want to fight us is actually from fort wayne right yeah because that would just make day-to-day life a lot of fun wouldn't that be fucking fun i just like i'd be like hey i'm gonna be down by the river tonight yeah over on the anthony by the anthony bridge yeah oh don't worry i'll be alone (laughs) Yeah, come on through. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know for whatever reason. Just uh, you know, the, the the people, the people, the hardcore scene of the Bay Area, they got they got a real bug up their ass about just being being taken seriously about how hard they are. A bunch of, a bunch of humorless cunts. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps that's it. That's our that's the demo listen diagnosis. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think it would be a lot of fun if uh, if you and I ever rolled out to the bay for a show or whatever and uh just a bunch of people were there ready to jump us. I think that would make for an it would be an in, an interesting trip for sure. Yeah, would well, that be amazing, right? Yeah, well that's the funny thing is like I you know the the rhetoric that you get from people that like and I'm not even talking about homeboys from the Bay Area that like may or may not Yo, fuck don't fuck with jobs. those homeboys from the Bay Area, man. <laughs> yeah. 31 will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Don't but, don't even don't even fucking front. So, fellas, fellas, we don't mean any harm, but <laughs> anywhere else fuck you guys. <laughs> but like no, like in general like the type of people that get um but hurt enough to to usually to, to utter statements like you know that motherfucker like that greg gordon motherfucker like somebody needs to beat his ass that's that talk he talks like a motherfucker <laughs> who never got his fucking ass whooped and maybe you know put a little sense into him whoop his ass a little bit and i dude i hate to break it to you i've gotten my ass whooped in this life so many fucking times and it hasn't slowed my shit talking down one iota i will talk shit to you as i am bleeding out on the ground after you have whooped my ass i do not give a shit and after you get your ass beat a couple times too which started for me at a quite a young age um you know you realize it's not that bad you know what i'm saying like you're not gonna kill me like what you're gonna fucking bust my jaw up or whatever and then i'm gonna go on with the rest of my day right so like I don't know. I just always notice this recurring theme as I've like seen people like talk shit about the podcast or whatever a few times. Just like those motherfuckers need to fucking be taught a lesson. Like I dude, I assure you, I won't learn a thing from getting my ass beat by you. I, I, you know. I, I I'll, I'll keep it up. You know what I mean? So I hate to break it to you. Well, let me tell you something right here. I ain't never got my ass kicked. Never. <laughs> I ain't never fucking lost. I got a whole shoebox worth of teeth and other fucking trophies I've taken from many people that have stepped up to this. But it's like I tell everybody I know, I love to hurt people. (laughs) And you don't have what it takes to come up to me and put a whooping on my ass. You can bring your dad. You can bring your friend. You can bring your whole family. I'll put your mother's head right through that fucking windshield. 
<laughs> you don't mean shit to me. Your 831, your Bay Area, your hard ass, you don't mean shit to me. You're gonna know what a cold, deep, dark hole feels like when I put, it, put you in it, and you will never see the light of day again. That's what I got to say. Damn, you really missed your uh, you missed your calling as a fucking WWE heel. I I absolutely love the fucking shit talk like a bad guy wrestler. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's the best, man. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, what do you think about it? That's kind of the energy of this whole show. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. We're, just, we're kind of just like the heel the heels of hardcore, right? So like that's the thing is like when when we do attract that ire, I think that's the other thing too is like people don't realize how much I love it. Like I love when we get the fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it's static, the, you know it's what I mean? Best, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's all part and parcel to, to the, the spirit and the energy of the podcast. So um, I'm totally here for it, but yeah. So uh, closing out the chapter on shadow man props for the, uh, the relatively high concept approach to a lowbrow uh, musical form, you know, musically not for me, but well executed. If this is your lane, you'll probably fuck with this. Um, you know, funny comic booky concept, and uh, you know, shout out, shout out for that. But I probably won't be revisiting this. Yeah. Um, uh, let's uh, let's roll the dice. Alrighty. Uh, six. Okay. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six is permission. Man, this is a uh, this is an international hardcore heavy episode, which I'm not mad at at all. So this is on the uh, La Vida SMU's band camp. Um, the band is Permission. The release is Organized People Suffer. This was submitted to us by my homie TJ. This is a band from uh, from London. Um, I have not listened to this stuff before. I, I see it described uh, as as being in the weirder, more disc- discomfitting ends of 80s hardcore like D. Crutzen. Uh, Decroitsen or Mecht Mensch, um, so that's cool. I, I don't I don't see Decroitsen mentioned um, a whole lot in reference to modern hardcore bands, so we'll see if it lives up to that promise. Um, let's see, they got the first song queued up to play, so we'll just go ahead and trust their ju- judgment with that, I guess. Um, so we're gonna listen to the song "Stimulation" by the band Permission off of their release "Organized People Suffer." <laughs>
Okay, we just heard the song Stimulation by the band Permission off of their release Organized People Suffer. Gotta say, that's another winner from the, the uh, La Vida SMU's uh, roster. Um, and I think the I think the Kreutzen comparison was actually pretty accurate in that, uh, in that instance. Nate, what'd you think about it? Yeah, I really like that. It was unrelenting from the yeah. get-go. Um, and man, those fucking chords were weird. Yeah, um, yeah, and out of I, tune. And out of tune, and the whole thing made it sound like a warped record, but it wasn't, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I really like that. I, I, I like, it seems to be a trend where, uh, recently where bands are getting this through its like through its like chorus effects or whatever. And I, I, I think that was just a tuning in the guitars here, but um, mm-hmm. where it sounds like something's wrong with the instrument or it sounds like something's wrong with the medium in which I'm playing it. Right. Like if that were a tape and it, uh, seriously, if, if, if I got that tape in the mail and put it into a cassette player and listened to it, I would think that the tape was fucking warped or stretched or something was wrong with the tape. Right. Yeah. And that was executed perfectly. I just love how off-putting that is mm-hmm. and how, yeah, it, it that lends itself like general, like we said before, genuine weirdness is more menacing than like, you know, puffed up fucking, you know, chest, chest thumping bullshit. Right. Yeah, always, always. And yeah. So it lended, a, it lended a sense of just um, menace and sort of, I guess, uh, uh, a certain repellency to the music because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, it was a bit more just straightforward, like harsh, like um, like the recording was a bit harsher than I expected, and the vocal delivery was not was that what I was expecting either. I was kind of expecting clearer vocals, but um, yeah, this just sounded like a fucking hive of angry fucking hornets going through like a, a warp in the space-time continuum <laughs> yeah for sure i think that's the best way to put that honestly um yeah i mean i can't elaborate too much more on what you said because i think you pretty much just nailed it but yeah like i mentioned i think i think the decroids in comparison is is actually pretty appropriate um obviously uh, void and siege to come to mind mm-hmm. just the early uh the the outliers of the early 80s hardcore scene um playing a particularly frenzied disjointed just wild feral version of hardcore um you know the the angry hornet's nest comparison is uh, on point here for sure um, I liked how detuned the guitars were. Um, everything was, everything felt like it was coming apart at the seams for the entire minute in 49. Um, yeah. yeah. There, there was never a moment in which it settled into like a comfortable groove. Um, the, the momentum just like, it, it, it felt like you were, um, inching ever closer to the peak of like a roller coaster track and never quite arriving there. Yeah, um, it did. It just built the entire song. In fact, at the end when the song stopped, I thought there was going to be a little bit of change in like, you know, the tempo and something. Right. And I looked, I was like, oh no, actually that's just the end of the song. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, just the the general level of unease and discomfort that that evoked was uh, right up my alley. Um, definitely going to listen to the rest of that. That's uh that's a winner from uh, from La Vida and Muse. Like I said, thanks to TJ for sending that, that in. I think he uh, he correctly predicted that we would fuck with that heavily. Um, that's yeah. that's that's about as in my lane as you can get. That was great. Nothing bad to say about that. They came out in uh, in April, so I don't know if there are still physical copies left. It looks it looks like there are, uh, according to Bandcamp. 
Um, there's a uh, 12 inch for 12 great British pounds. Yeah, I, I recently got an email update from uh, this label, and that the Hecate the, is really good. Um, you should check that out. Okay. Um, if somebody, don't bother sending it in now because I'm just going to tell you that a Hecate stuff is really good. It's post-punk. It's good. Sick. And uh, I'm still sitting on the fence on the uh, Dig A Lot of demo, but um, I like the artwork. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the artwork for that is really sick. I have not listened to that yet. Let's just talk about the lineup on La Vida S and Moose for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Um, but man, it is, it is a good one though. It, Rat, it, it, Rat, it, it, Cage, Rat Cage, Permission, Friday M, See All, Shit. Acid, you yeah. know, Nosferatu. Chain Cult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's all fucking good, man. Yeah, Krieg Shog, I forgot. Um, yeah, man, so fucking good. <laughs> Constant Mongrel, I forgot they put out the Constant Mongrel stuff. Yeah, which seems like five fucking years ago, doesn't it? It, it does, but it was it was just what it was last year, right? Last year, yeah. I mean, yeah, because we had them. No, we had them on a po- uh, Patreon episode. We had, yeah, we had them on. It came out at the end of 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, but yeah, man, the, what a what a crazy fucking lineup for a single label label to have. Yeah, yeah, Reesh. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's just a ton of good stuff on here. So you know, good label. Uh, fuck you. Next <laughs> up. Um. So so in an attempt to not have this episode go ungodly long, um, we've already done five bands because that was four, and then we did the the histamine track. Yeah. Um, and we we don't have a small amount of voicemails because we skipped them last week. All right. So, so we have. I don't know, probably have what, what would you say, about 75 minutes worth of voicemails? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping not, no. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine voicemails to answer, but they're all within the time limit, um, which helps keep shit in a, you know, it, it helps keep shit far more reasonable and tolerable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, pivot to voicemails. We've gotten through a fair amount of music this episode, and uh, this way we don't let these get out of control. Okay. So we are going to, uh, yeah, we're going to tackle the voicemails from the last two weeks real quick. Yo, what's up, boys? Um, I would want to load this up with like a few questions, but I don't know how to. So, hot take. Power pop versus pop punk. Um, all that modern pop punk crap that's going on right now, I would consider that more like pop rock versus like power pop. I think what you go towards like the 90s, like what we consider pop punk progenitors, like the Promise Ring. Appleseed cast has more like emo leanings. I would even consider some of like Thursday in the power pop lane while it also has that like emo aesthetic. Same thing with like mineral. But like in your opinion, who would be the progenitors of like pop punk versus the power pop? Like Descendants, not really all, but like Buzzcocks, uh, fuck that band from Philadelphia in the seventies. God damn it. The Ramones. I mean, I consider them more leaning towards that. Would you consider like uh even like Patty Smith, who's like that proto punk leaning, to have more of an influence on like what or even progenitor power pop? Let me know. Enjoy. Peace. Oh wait, I got like twelve seconds left. Fuck you, Nate. Fuck you, Gray. Fuck you, John Espino, and fuck you, whoever the hell Steve's train is. I don't know why, but fuck you. Okay. All right. So, yeah, okay. So there's a question. The question is essentially pop punk versus I am, power I pop. I almost just deleted that. 
And then That's I remembered not to. I'm really glad you didn't. <laughs> I would have been very bummed about that. Um, so yeah, so the question is is essentially, it's a few questions embedded within like a Russian nesting doll. Um, you know, AJ makes the point here that a lot of the modern pop punk, quote unquote, shit that is is uh, is touted as pop punk is really more just pop rock, which I, I would agree with you. It has very little to do with punk and it has very little to do with the roots of the genre. Not to beat a dead horse. It's just that most listeners um, <clears throat> who have been on board for a while are going to be familiar with this reference. But a band like Jet Jaguar, right? And I'm not I'm not even just trying to dog on them. But like when I talked to Pete from that band, he asked if I liked any pop punk. And I said, yeah, sure. Like Screeching Weasel, the, 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 que- uh, the Queers, um, Buzzcocks, all that sort of shit. And his response was, well, that stuff's not really pop punk. That's just like punk rock. And I was like, no, that that those are the progenitors of pop punk. Like that is what I think of when I hear the word pop punk used in a non-disparaging way. So I think a lot of the modern stuff uh, is just not aware of its roots at all. It's like a derivative genre of a derivative genre that is so far um, removed from anything resembling what it started as that it's like not even appropriate to use the same moniker. Um, In terms of like the progenitors of power pop, you listed some like, mid to late 90s like emo bands that i don't think fall in that realm at all like Appleseed cast or mineral or the promise ring like nah not 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 pop not pop punk nor power pop at all um just kind of indie rock bands with emo leanings uh same thing with thursday i mean thursday i think is just squarely kind of a post-hardcore band they're named after a turning point song they came from the new jersey basement hardcore scene you know they're as about about as true a a a post-hardcore band as you can get but uh but yeah touching on bands like descendants buzzcocks ramones uh sure yeah that stuff easily um widely recognized as like early progenitors of what would later be classed as uh as as pop punk um as far as patty smith goes i mean i guess once you get into that early just soupy mess of like proto-punk protoplasm uh there's just I mean, that was just like a breeding ground of DNA and RNA that would go on to later form more pronounced strains of the genre. But at the time, it was just a lot of people on sort of the bleeding edge of rock music doing a lot of weird stuff and uh, following their creative proclivities wherever it happened to take them. So that's harder to speak on for me. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, I I don't listen to a lot of pump, pop, pop, Jesus Christ. (laughs) pop punk period yeah. i can't even say the fucking word it's it's like it's like ashes in my mouth <laughs> fucking word right right um so i i don't listen to a ton of it to begin with um yeah. and i don't really listen to anything i think maybe the i'm trying to think i definitely like what we would call power pop more right than pop punk um and maybe the, you know, like when we're talking about pop punk, the latest stuff I'll listen to that I like, I mean, I would consider fucking, you know, like D4 pop punk. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but uh, I just don't listen to a ton of it. Um, it yeah. it never really, a lot of it is just too, uh, too stereotypical, too fucking Spencer fucking, you know, Spencer shop by your fucking 
you know, punk shirts at the fucking mall at Spencer's. Right. Um, and there was always just, I don't know, there's something about it that I just never really fell in with. Uh, you know, certain bands I like, the Vandals, because I fucking heard them on fucking X-Files when I was 18. You know what sure. I mean? Right, right. Um, that's how everybody discovered the fucking Vandals in the 90s. Yep. Um, and some of the more ignorant ones I like, but, you know, I mean, you know, fucking dwarves and shit like dwarves, that. Yeah, but, of course, of course. Um, right. But I never really got into it that much. And once it gets past a certain level of sweetness Mm -hmm. and it loses that, you know, nastiness um, wrapped up in sort of the candy coating, I'm not interested in it at all. Um, Yeah, for sure. And then certain bands, I mean, like, you know, the whole fucking um, uh, Fat Records, I don't give a shit. Aside from D4, I don't give a shit about it. I think about a single band on that fucking label. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, I, you would be hard pressed to to find a whole lot of bands other than that that I fuck with on that label. So I think like the most I could add to that as far as origins is the fucking Ramones. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? The Toy Dolls, the fucking Ramones, the Toy Dolls, shit like that. Um, yeah. Yep. There, there you go. Yep, for sure. Um, all right, let's listen to the next one. Hey, Gray, it's uh, me. I'm Scout. Just wanted to give you a quick shout out. Thanks for uh, the keyboard. It just came in. Uh, you know, it's a fun little keyboard. I, I can't plug my pedals into it, I, I realize, but, you know, that's okay. I mean, it, it, it's so much fun. You know, I, I can't uh, wait to get something out there for you. Um, what I really wanted to talk about is um, I think you know how uh, crazy it is out there, and um, I think we should just propose that uh, we take a square one, you know, step back, go into um, what is technically called an anarcho-primitism state, you know, just uh, resort to the whole spear kind of combat and, um, you know, just eliminate most of uh, the um, central system of uh, the social hierarchies and all that. Even, you know, just make a bare-bones economy, you know, it's just a trade system. And I I think I believe um, we can start that as soon as possible. Um, doesn't take that much execution. All you got to do is, um, if someone disagrees with you, just um, bite their face off or uh, give them a club in the head or some something like that. You know, whatever whatever a primate does. Uh, hope you're having a good time. Uh, hope you're having a good time, Nate. I, uh, best wishes to both. Okay. All right. That was uh, Alex Osorio, better known as Stout, in the Discord server. Um, yeah. yo, you're very, very welcome for the keyboard. Thanks for picking that up off of me. Um, I can't wait to hear the tunes that you make with it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, proposing an anarcho-primitivist state. Uh, I mean, it's certainly, at this point, you know, I, I think we would be justified in trying anything else other than what we've been trying. You know what I mean? I, I want to point out first off, anarcho primitives came up as anti Semitism state in the, <laughs> the text. Yeah, the- yeah. Very, very different energy for sure. Right. Yeah. Says, Step back and go into West Palm called uh anti Semitism state. Yeah. Um so I I, I I love I always love the idea of um I mean, you know, obviously this calls in jest. Right. Um and, and honestly what what isn't in jest, right? Um, <laughs> sure. I mean <laughs> Uh, the universe is nothing but mirthful in its uh, neglect and indifferent. You know, it's in, it's it's indifference to what happens. Um, right. So, what isn't in jest? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, <laughs> I always like the idea of like 
anarcho punks wanting to go back to some like primitive tribal state not uh, not really realizing like how utterly fucked they would be <laughs> right yeah yeah yeah. For you know sure. what i mean like yo you know everything you like goes away everything yep and everything becomes a day-to-day like struggle to just hold on yep um it sucks there's a reason why uh people wanted to get away from it and uh, you have to know how to do something more than like, you know, I, I always laugh like when we uh, when we played in Kentucky and there was that collective we've talked about before that we, we played at mm-hmm. um, um, the uh, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, they had like their their coppersmith. Right. And it was just like homeboy's girlfriend that just made like, you know, jewelry out of pennies and like <laughs> string. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know. I don't know if you think that that's a skill, <laughs> but in, um, you know, a barter and trade economy, it ain't, <laughs> no, it, 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 it sure ain't, no, it ain't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, there is a reason that society at large will tolerate so much shit in the name of creature comforts, right? There is, <laughs> yes. There is a reason that we are, are jutting uncomfortably close to an all out police state and the vast majority of people are just like, mm, let's just ride it out and see where it lands. And we're it, laughing about it on a fucking podcast <laughs> on the internet. Right. Yeah. There's a reason. And the reason is because primitive living sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> um and at the end of the day <laughs> being able to wind down with a little netflix go watch the new episode of the boys on amazon prime um it appeals to our creature or to our monkey brains to our ape brains more so than doing ape shit does right uh, you know you know it's like doing nothing mm-hmm. and having a bunch is better than working a bunch and having almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and it turns out society is willing to give up a whole lot to maintain that status quo. And I would be a fucking pose dog extraordinaire if I said I wasn't part of that uh, contingent. Because, oh man, if it comes down, if it, when it comes down to it, we all talk a big, a big game about dismantling the state and shit. But uh, I, I, I think. Many young folks who are have not thought deeply about what the implications of that are would be none too pleased with the end results. And I'm not saying that means we shouldn't try it. I'm here for it. If that's the way the cookie crumbles, then I'll step up to the plate and do what needs to be done. But I'm just saying it's going to be a lot worse and a lot less fun than a lot of people make it out to be. I'm going to say we did try it, and that's why we don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, that's there's there's probably some truth to that too. Right, we did try it. We did we tried it when the Earth was a pristine Eden, uh-huh. um, and now it is a blasted hellscape of concrete <laughs> and corn and soy, and um, you know wildfire, um, and there's billions and billions more of us now than there was back then. So uh, have fun. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, let's listen to the next one, which appears to only be six seconds long. Yeah. Jinkies. <laughs> okay. All right, well, the transcript said that the message was simply the word jinkies, and uh, it wasn't lying. Nope. So, there you go. All right, let's listen to the next one, which is... Um, it looks to it appears to be another AJ call. You know what? I've been I've I been. I think the rule is you get one. 
is yeah for sure and there's no transcript which makes me believe that he's gone back to his old fucking ways um and uh is is trying some shitty fucking open mic bit in which he's probably using um a voice modulator of some sort um and it's only a day after you left a pretty cogent call so i'm not gonna let you sully your legacy here but and and the new the rule is not only is it a minute 30 but remember go back and check a few episodes ago you get one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, I, I guess if we, if there's like a direct follow up and you haven't exceeded your minute and a half time limit, then maybe we can make an exception. But playing two minute and a half calls, one of which is almost certainly going to be complete nonsense, really defeats the purpose of putting the time limit on it at all. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's let's bounce to the next one. Then we are going to listen to uh, this one, but from the area code, it looks to be an international call. So let's Australia. Talk yep, let's let's do it. Hey, yo, it's uh, the Kobe King from Australia. Just got a question for you two. Bit of a discussion point. You two saying cultured enough to understand some outlaw rock. So as King Khan, the question is. Who's fucking better, Akadaka or Rose Tattoo? And I want to hear the actual merits and the argument here. Me, from understanding, make eight brain. He's going to go, oh, ACDC cause one good riff. But I'd like to hear his argument, since he's apparently a professor. I guess he's teaching people how to uh, eat rocks or live in caves. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, I'm on a tangent now. Just fucking have discourse about... Uh, Akidaka or Rose Sadu, and you got to the side, not fucking, you know, standing around like a sun mullet. As I said, we're not here to fuck spiders, so make up your fucking mind and make a good case, man. Cheers, Cobb. So that was the Cobra King. That was the, well, the, the Kaba King. Yeah. Kaba King is his name in the Discord server. Um, man, I fucking, I love Australian slang so much. Yeah. We're not around. We're not. We're not standing around here to fuck spiders. Is a hell of a fucking phrase. Yeah. Um, so the question is, uh, I like that he threw a little shade your way. By the way, well, also the question is super fucking loaded because the the very fact that he's like, you know, when you mention like one fucking Australian band that everybody knows, right? right? Everybody thinks Midnight Oil. <laughs> Right. You th- you, really? You think? No, everybody thinks ACDC. <laughs> I was right? going to say, I think everybody thinks ACDC. Everybody thinks ACDC. No, yeah. I mean, nobody probably even knows, could could name three more Australian bands. Probably not, no. Probably not, right? Yeah. And then he puts them up against Rose Tattoo. Right. So you know it's a loaded question. You, you know which way uh, the Cobra King is going with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that said, though, like, I mean, as far as like, yeah, among the general populace, that might be the case. But like Rose Tattoo has like a fair amount of name recognition in like punk and underground circles. So sure. I, I think sure. for our demographic, like it might be a 50 50 split on this. Sure. Um, I, I so I, I I've I like the early ACDC uh, material quite a bit. I think it's fun. Just uh, balls out, simple rock and roll. Um, I think as they progressed um, and uh, just, you know changed vocalists, um, it became pretty intolerable for me, and I, I, I can't ride with them after that. But uh, Rose Tattoo is a band that like I've never been a mega fan of, but I've always enjoyed a lot. Uh, 
more in concept than in practice. Like I don't find myself listening to Rose Tattoo a lot, but if we're talking about like authenticity, I feel like Rose Tattoo is the more sort of, is like the more authentic version of what ACDC was doing. Like they were the actual like grimy pub rock version of what ACDC ended up taking to stadiums. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, and, and they're, they're definitely more true now. To, like, like of the two bands, Rose Tattoo has been more consistent. Right. Um, and uh, if you have punk sensibilities, you're going to lean towards Rose Tattoo. Right. With the exception of, like you said, some of the early ACDC stuff is okay. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm not a big ACDC fan because I'm not 12 years old. <laughs> right, yes. I really liked ACDC when I was 12 and 13. I really liked the fucking Razor's Edge when that when that record came out. Um, and then when I realized that like that other dude that was in the band, didn't he like drown in his own vomit? Um, <laughs> that other dude that was in the fucking band, oh, that's the same band? You know, I was like, okay, well, those older songs are better, but like, I don't know. I'm not 12 years old and I don't really give a shit about ACDC. Um, right period yeah um and so if i had to go between the two yeah rose tattoo if somebody's gonna if, if somebody puts acdc on today i'm be like what the fuck are you doing if you're not jo- joking right <laughs> right i mean like the bond scott era stuff is fun but like i, I would never put it on on purpose man right you know what I mean? Whereas right. Rose, Rose Tattoo, I, I I think I actually did actively listen to the the Rose Tattoo like self titled record at some point in the last five years. But I sure as fuck can't say the same thing about any ACDC record. So yeah, right, right, exactly. It's 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 a better punk sensibility. Um, it's it's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it seems realer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? I agree. So yeah, yeah I, I Rose Tattoo. It's a it, it's a better name. Um yeah. and uh they they definitely uh I don't know, they align more with me. They they aligned with me when I was twelve and they align with me now, right? Yeah, indeed. Whereas A C D C delivering my papers at thirteen years old and listening to fucking for those about the rock or whatever, you know, that's fine. But when I hear that now, um it's it's astonishing that uh and, and you know what? Good for them. Um, it's astonishing that uh, they lasted as long as they did. And now they're yeah. all dead. <laughs> yes, now they're all dead. I mean, um, that guy's fucking voice, right? Yeah. What, Brian, Brian Johnson? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, sure. like, they had Bon Scott. He fucking croaks. You're like, you know, let's find somebody that sounds like Bon Scott or somebody that sounds completely different and didn't you shouldn't even fucking open his mouth <laughs> yeah i josh and i were heard an interview with him earlier this year in which he was talking you can't understand him well we were we heard an interview with him where he was talking about how he like um he was like some some black dudes like like black rock and roll guys heard him sing for the first time or whatever and they were like telling him how he wasn't a rock and roll singer he was a he was a soul singer oh, <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah, I, it, I sang for some black fellas, and uh, and they said I was a soul singer, and I said no, I'm in Akadaka. Um, all right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, go fuck a wallaby, Brian. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's listen to the let's listen to the next joint. All right, you know what it is. It's Weasel on the douche. You know what time it is, you fucking freaks. It's time for mandatory Metallica hour. And if you don't like it, you can suck my... 
All right. Yeah. All right. So John, I think that was just a recording from the uh, local fucking hard rock station of every city in the United States. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's listen to the next. I, one. I love how like I love how fucking radio stations still act like Metallica's fucking hard. <laughs> I know, dude. It's, but I guess the demographic like that's still actively listening to like classic rock radio probably does believe that. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, let's listen to the next one. So I guess that's what I've wrought upon the earth by by selling Stout a keyboard. <laughs> oh, see, and we fucked up because we played two of Stout's messages. I didn't even realize it. We did, but I will say they. He, I'm sure he was expecting us to get to one of them on the last episode because they were they were more than they're like a week or more apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I'll, I'll give I'll give some leeway on that one. Um, there you go. The next Wesley Willis was born through a sale that I made on Instagram. It, sound, it, it gave me, it gave me fucking flashbacks to goddamn karaoke night at El Ranchito. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Right. Uh, Un, unbearably fucking loud Mexican circus music <laughs> and, um, <laughs> delicious tacos. <laughs> yep. For sure. You can't even hear yourself fucking think it's so loud in there on karaoke night. Um, all right, let's uh, let's tackle these last two real quick. All right, pertaining to the fucking Machine Gun Kelly pop punk record and release in the year 2020, if you actively seek out pop punk in any variety of the Warped Tour variety or of the just strictly more pop than rock variety, uh, you like to suck on fucking children's genitals, and there's no worse treatment for you than electroshock therapy, and I wish more than cancer on you so fuck off die eat a bullet all that good shit fucking die you piece of shit okay <laughs> all right so we got some fucking strong opinions on pop, pop punk tonight huh we sure do that was grant um this is specifically pertains to something that i I brought up on the internet recently. Um, there is a really bad rapper named Machine Gun Kelly. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Yep. Um, he's He's got an anarchy tattoo on his stomach. He's got MGK mm -hmm. tattooed on his back that I think initially he wanted to look like shiny chrome. Yeah. Um, and now it just looks like a melting fucking like red white and blue popsicle <laughs> yeah so he's a really really bad rapper who recently released a record of like i guess you could loosely define it as like radio pop punk stuff that's influenced by like blink 182 and like paramore and shit like that yeah and there are i i saw a disconcerting uh amount of grown adults on my timeline uh speaking the praises of this record including people that are like 
deeply entrenched in underground music and punk and hardcore like 40 year old men saying oh yeah this is a pretty pretty decent record (laughs) Um, and it and i usually i i really don't spew a lot of hot takes into the ether on the internet these days at all i pretty much just sell clothes and like post music stuff but i had to address that because i was so appalled and the amount of like grown men with neck tattoos that came out of the woodwork to be like uh actually it's pretty fucking good bro like stop being a fucking hater dude was like shocking to me it was fucking shocking to the point where i thought like the simulation had fully glitched out i am still not convinced that i'm not just in some nightmarish fever dream i don't Um, know man i mean we kind of always like jokingly you know i mean looking at this guy right he looks mm -hmm. like uh he looks like he's had a couple 10 year old snacks recently (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, sure does. Kind of make the joke with like pop punk that you're gonna be, you know, you're you're looking to uh, get into some uh, young pants, but maybe uh, what you're really wooing is the uh, middle aged man crowd. <laughs> yeah, evidently, right? dude. Apparently, apparently, the, the, those middle aged men just uh, it's like the Pied Piper when they hear those fucking pop punk songs. I gotta come running, squealing in delight. Well, so, so, yo, this actually kind of ties into something I said at the top of the episode, you know, like we were addressing the rose colored glasses, grass is greener type syndrome that like older, older punk and hardcore fools like fall into on occasion. But there's another side of that coin that is equally as annoying and equally as sad. And it's when you're a 40 year old hardcore dude who so desperately wants to be relevant and seem like you fucking get it and are of the moment that you're like actively listening to Carly Rae Jepsen records or saying like, actually the Machine Gun Kelly pop punk record is pretty good and like pop music's actually quite sick like yo dude that's just as fucking bad you are so in like squarely in how do you do fellow kids territory when you get on that (laughs) shit yeah you know like you are fully steve buscemi in fucking disguise like holding the skateboard you are not fooling anybody i don't know if you're just trying to like score yourself some 25 year old sliz or what the fuck's going on with you man or you just can't accept that you're aging out of like having to give a fuck about pop culture or what it is but it's just as bad a look as being like no good hardcore came out after 1983 i don't i don't know i don't know it's uh I'm honestly kind of surprised if people would fucking cape up. Like, number one, yeah, no one gives a shit, right? But, like, <laughs> this is how we know that we're, like, in the back half of uh, civilization, right? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? This is how we know we're in the back half. Like, is when suddenly men, right, who yeah. a century ago would have been too busy fucking getting the chunks of coal out of their fucking lungs and, uh, you know, work in the fields to really care about anything other than, uh, you know, their neighbor's fiddle music. Suddenly <laughs> seem to give a shit what a 30-year-old rapper is doing with his new pop punk record. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? Dude, like, that's, that's a sign of the times. What are you doing, man? What the fuck are you doing? Right? Yeah. And, and, and like, I... I, I yeah, it's just that's how you know you're in the back half, right? We've got we've got nothing really to worry about and so we're worried about what this guy fucking, you know, what he's doing and you're caping up for this guy. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've never heard a lick of it. All I got to do is look at him 
it sucks. <laughs> uh, and the dude from fucking Blink-182 apparently was involved, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy. You know it sucks. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. <laughs> right. Yes. Right? Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. It should right? be self-evident. Yeah, yeah. It, it should be self-evident. Like, it's almost like these dads still wish... It's it's like um okay I said like you're you, you're getting toward the end of like when you you're still holding on to a few threads where you think like yeah I'm a badass inside right you know what I mean like yeah fuck yeah I'm a fucking badass right <laughs> yeah I'll fucking put the wood to somebody they want to come fucking step to me right uh-huh. and like these dads that give a shit about Machine Gun Kelly are still clinging like yeah I'm still pretty cool <laughs> right that's what I'm saying dude I'm still pretty cool. It's like the saddest grasp at the straws of relevancy. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. He looks pretty cool. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'd let him give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's what you want to do, then fucking do it. I don't give a shit about that. But, like, there's just something... <sighs> there's something odd about it yes it, it, it's it strikes me as very fucking strange and off right right yeah. something very odd about it yeah i agree um all right so on that note uh we got one more and from the transcript it looks like it's our most combative message we've ever received so i'm really excited about this so let's uh let's listen to this and wrap it up all right hey guys uh my name is austin tyler jenkins birth date November 30th, 2000. I live in Springfield, Ohio. Come fuck me up. Come shoot me. Come kill me. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Greg, I, uh, seen you that Nazi Scott video. It's not the full song, but it's, uh, pretty fucking funny. You can play it on the podcast if you want. It's like 50 seconds long. Real fucking funny. Um, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Whatever. Um, Fuck you guys. I fucking hate you. Um, you guys talk shit about all these hardcore bands, but, uh, Nate, your vocals suck. I listen to Parasitic Twins. You guys' music sucks. Um, I hope you fucking die miserably. Uh, I just offered to, like, give some band $30 just so they could record their music. I'm an idiot. It's ska music. It's ska X power violence because I'm a fucking dumbass. Uh, I hope you go to hell. Gray. Fuck you. Nate. You have no fucking right to, um, you have no right to uh, criticize other people's vocals because you suck. I fucking hate you. Go to hell. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pretty good message. So, so I, uh, so this person I recognize is somebody who followed me recently on Instagram because of the, uh, the video you referenced. Uh, I forgot to, I forgot to holler back at you, Austin, but I did watch that video. It was a 50 second clip of, uh, some racist ska music, which is indeed really fucking funny. Um, just like the principle in and of itself, like making racist ska music, which is like an island music form. Um, 
pretty pretty novel idea. So I did listen to that, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you sending that my way. It was pretty funny. Um, from what I can tell, you're like a 21 year old dude who like posts videos of yourself playing like bass and guitar poorly on Instagram to like Sex Pistols songs. Um, so I really like the energy that you're coming with in this call, <laughs> yeah. especially, especially considering that uh, based on the little that I know of you, based uh, you know just uh, via Instagram and and uh, you know a couple videos of yours that I saw, um, you're uh, you're a talentless young man. Um, who, <laughs> who's not doing anything with your time whatsoever, except for posting really bad videos of yourself for your non-audience to view and cringe at. Um, so, yo, thank you for stepping up to the plate. It takes a lot of balls to step up to the plate when you got nothing to offer. <laughs> Um, I like that he came for your vocals uh, specifically, Nate. I, I think you're, I, I, frankly, I think your vocals are one of the, the, uh, the strongest parts of the band, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, whatever you know you can't please them all that's okay you know what i mean i mean yeah. i am gonna die miserably we all are right i imagine no matter which way you go you're right your, your last fucking moments are absolutely miserable right you, you, one would have to think yeah and who knows who knows how long you persist in them right perhaps perhaps as you are experiencing your last seconds uh, on this physical earth and your mind it's drawn out for an eternity right yeah an yep. eternity of dying of stage five brain cancer right <laughs> an eternity of fucking flying through the windshield until your head meets the fucking pavement on the other side of your hood right it takes it takes literally an eternity for your brain to shut off and its chemistry to stop and you're in agony for all that time that's probably how all of us are going to go yeah that's okay yeah, for sure. I've seen a few people die, and none of them were were uh, all too pleased about it in the moment. You know, no, no. Um, you know, whatever. I guess uh, no matter how long it takes, no matter how awful it is, it's better than living in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, one's one must imagine, right? <laughs> I mean, and I'm saying that living in Fort Wayne, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yo, yeah, I loved uh, I loved the energy of that call. That was uh, for sure. That, that was awesome. That, that was good shit <laughs> for sure. Um, so I appreciate that. Thanks for sending that in. Um, so on that note, I guess we'll wrap it up. I did want to give one quick shout out to the homie John the Hippie. Um, I think that probably we're the only people that call him that anymore. Um, John is now a well-respected businessman in Bloomington, Indiana, who owns Rhett Skateboarding, um, very uh, a well-known um, and very dope skate shop down in Bloomington, Indiana. He and his homie Rick and Miles Grimmer, who sings for the band Laughing Gas, mm-hmm. um, they do a podcast uh, via the Razor Cake Zine website. Um, I asked him if you can listen to it anywhere else, and he said he had no idea. So, um, <laughs> so it's at least hosted on the Razor Cake website. Uh, but they uh, they sh- they shouted us out on the uh, on the newest episode of the Razor Cake uh, official Razor Cake podcast. So, yo, shout out to John. Um, he's the fucking man. And uh, I don't really, I don't really know Miles. I think I met him many many years ago via mutual friends. But uh, but uh, that Laughing Gas LP is uh, undeniably one of the best records of the uh-huh. year. It's one of the best purchases I've made in a while. It is very fucking good. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so and yeah, that's they, what everybody says. So, you know, there's just more wind on your fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But, uh, yeah, thanks for shouting us out. Um, uh, check them out. You know, there, there are indeed other punk and hardcore podcasts. We just don't shout them out very often, but the razor cake one is, uh, is one of them. I, I can't test the quality of it because I haven't listened to it yet, but maybe now that they, uh, that they slobbed our knob a little bit, I'll give them some, I'll give them the time of day. I can tell you that I have never listened to a single other one of them. Well, you've listened to Axe to Grind with me in the car. 
That's true. That's true. I've listened to a couple episodes of that. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, just give the, uh, the 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 normal sort of house cleaning shit. I think we got uh, we got one new. Oh wow, we got a new patron as I am recording this. All right. So we got one uh, yesterday, James. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Titchener, um, five dollar patron. Thank you very much. And we just got Amos Helvey that signed on as a five dollar patron, literally like fifteen minutes ago. So that's dope. Um, thanks to both of y'all. Um, shirts are going to the printer this weekend. I ended the pre-orders on them at the beginning of the week. Um, so they should, the turnaround time on that should be like week, week and a half, and then I'll get them in the mail for everybody who ordered them and all the $10 and up patrons. Um, if you want to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. Um, Nate hit me with a cool idea recently that, that we're working on, uh, fleshing out for a new, a new Patreon series that I think could be very, very dope. Um, if you want to submit music to us, it is demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Just make sure it is a year or less old. And then if you want to call us and, uh, if you do, you know, strive to bring the, the same sort of energy that Austin Tyler Jenkins did. Yeah. Um, honestly, he's the first one that is ever, that was the entire intent Yeah, of the fucking voicemail, right? That right. was it. Yeah, exactly. Like so far, any, any fucking like static we've gotten has just been like, you know, I've heard about it secondhand, like somebody posting some bullshit on Twitter or like somebody DMing me or some shit. But like we've yet to get somebody like use the hotline for its intended purpose. So I'm glad it was refreshing to actually see that get utilized in the, in the best possible way, um, which is to talk some shit. So yeah. if you if you want to do that, it is 260-222-8341. Just keep it a minute and a half or under. Um, and you get one a week and, and you, you get can, one per episode. Right. So think about what the fuck you want to say and say it all in one, one, in one minute and a half call. Um, if you fucking pea brains can manage to figure out how to do that. Um, so, uh, beyond that, if you like the podcast rate and review on iTunes, all that good shit, Nate, if you don't have any, uh, closing thoughts, I think that's, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Nope. I'm going to go, uh, get the fishing. All right. Dope. We will, uh, we'll holler at you next time.